0: I'm so thankful I'm saved, aren't you? I hear songs like that, the ones we sing this morning, and uh, we we'll thank the Lord for salvation. Again this morning, I preached the title of the message is "I Quit," and again I'm not I'm not saying that I'm just titling the message that. And uh, but let's ask the Lord to help us now, Father. Thank you again for the time that we have. Lord, help speak to our hearts. Help us be tender to things of God. Help us to understand what I'm about to say and help us to apply it. And, Lord, again, if there's anybody that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, may today be the day of their salvation. Lord, we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. We don't have a guarantee of the next breath. We don't even have a guarantee of the end of the service. We know that, uh, Father, that salvation is there for us. And I pray if there's somebody not sure that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, bless and help us now that we are saved may we learn this lesson well in Jesus name we pray amen i know i've said it many a times but i'll say it again two words that i hate i hate them and those two words are quit and compromise i always like to tease about it and say it. you look them up in your dictionary they're easy to find because they both start with k and uh, but i know better than that i know it doesn't start with k i know but I do know this, I hate the word quit and compromise in my office, it always has been, and uh, I learned, I, I, I began to, uh, to uh, do this back in my college days, and uh, I'd take dictionary, every dictionary I have, I would take that dictionary, and I'd get me a black pen, and I would go, and I'd look up the word quit, and I would just scribble it out where you couldn't see it, take the word compromise, look it up, and I would scribble it out. Uh, I hate the words quit and compromise. And I hope we all would do that. Uh, you say, well, preacher, you know, uh, you know, we, no, you just understand this. There's, there ought not be that, those words in our vocabularies, we serve the Lord, of quit and compromise. And I got them blotted out. You could go back to my desk right now. And in my right-hand drawer, if you sit at the seat, my right-hand drawer is a little dictionary there. And uh, now I can't take it out of the computer dictionaries because they're there, but I... In my little dictionary I have in, the, in my drawer there, you cannot find the word. You'll find a blotted out spot, but uh, you, you can't find the word quit or compromise, and I hate that. And I have to say this. I don't plan on changing either the way I believe that. Uh, you say, Preacher, I just don't think people ought to hate. You know, the Bible says God is love. Oh, yeah, it does. I'm glad you read it. I'm glad you know that's what it is. That's what it says, and God is love. But you are something? Think there are things God hates too. The Bible's very clear about that. I, I, I jotted down Proverbs chapter 6. Listen to it, six sixteen 16 through 19. These six things doth the Lord hate. Hmm. Yea, seven are abomination unto him a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Wow, the Lord has a bunch of folks that, a bunch of things that He hates now He loves sinners, but he hates sin, but there are things that the Lord hates and I look and I think you know that, that, that uh, there's a lot of compromise today. We see a lot of preachers compromising and and uh, I, I believe that that's happened to men that, that we consider good men, but they begin to compromise and I, I look and I think, well, maybe they 're not so good. But uh, you know, I, I pray for them and I and I'm still gonna love them, but I could say that they're they're wrong and they're compromise. We ought not compromise this Bible. We ought not compromise what we believe. Someone say amen. All right, we just ought not compromise these things. It's something we ought to live and forever and have that truth in us. And uh, but I, I think probably one of the biggest things I know there's a lot of compromise, but I I think that in our churches, one of the main problems is, and and, and compromise is a big one, but I think the main problem is this, quitting. Quitting. Uh, It was just, I I know when I went for sports, and I know we've been talking about sports a little bit because of our Wednesday night messages that the Apostle Paul talked about running the race, but one thing about it was, whenever I went out for sports, my parents would always say this, you go out for sports, you're going to stay out. He said, don't come home and quit because it gets tough. And so they just kind of ground it in. You just keep going. You say, preacher, were there times that you wanted to quit? Oh, boy, those times they'd make us run and run and run. I wanted to quit. But you know what? I I thought more about the sports than quitting. I thought, man, I'm here to play basketball. I'm here to play football. I'm here to play this sport. I don't want to quit. That's important to me. I don't want to quit on God either he's more important than any ball game. Amen. And I thought, you know, there, there's so much quitting going on. And, I, and uh, uh, I, I think that is such a big deal. But oh, here we go. I understand the awfulness of quitting. And I have disdain for that. And I blotted out of my dictionaries. But I going to make a confession to you right now. Oh no, you're still in a Baptist church. We're not in a Catholic church. But I'm going to confess to you I've thought about it. Y'all looking at me like I'm a heathen. I've got a feeling if you get as honest as I am right now, you would say I've thought about quitting sometimes too. I hate the word, I've hated it for years. And yet, I think probably all of us, if we'll really be honest, the thought has come in our mind, I think I'll just quit. Maybe in the, just in our mind, maybe not by saying it with our mouth. You know, probably many of us could say, you know, I, I, I never said I will quit. Well, praise the Lord, but you know what probably went through your mind. Isaiah had that happen to him. And we may not say it out loud. I think Isaiah said it out loud, as we just read here just a moment ago here. But in our minds, oftentimes, we think about it. When I was in college, went five years to college, you say, I thought it was a four-year course. You just keep your mind to yourself, all right? And I didn't take quite the full load every time because I was working a full-time job. But I, I, I went five years to college, Bible college. And... Uh, I have to say this, many times in my Bible college days, I thought about quitting. I never, oh, I hate to say this with kids in the room, young people in school. Close your ears, don't listen. I never liked school. Why go to school when you can stay home and watch the Three Stooges? You could play baseball and play army in the backyard. Why go to school, right? Amen? I mean, I mean just, you know, just you think about algebra. I mean, they were looking for X back when I was in school, and they're still looking for it. <laughs> and I remember when I pulled out, when I graduated from high school, I was so excited. I'm finished because I always look forward to the graduating from high school. And I had a Mustang, a 1966 Mustang two plus two, high performance 289 in it, and stick shift on the floor. Man, I'm telling you, I pulled out of there. And now we were in a Christian school, and if you were to do have bad driving, you could get demerits and even get kicked out. And so, I graduated, and I pulled out of the church, out of the school parking lot, and I laid the biggest skid marks on the road than I have ever done before. And I mean, I just, I put her down in first and I floored it. I mean, man, I was going down there and I slammed it into second. You know, it chirped a little bit. Oh, it was so exciting. You know why? I was finally finished. I didn't get a block away and all of a sudden it hit me. I got to start college here in three months. And it was kind of exciting, but then, it went on and on, and class after class, and test after test, and paper after paper. Term papers had to be typed. I felt sometimes like, I think I'll quit. It was tough. Worked a full-time job all the way through college, and and then, so I had the full-time job, and then I, of course, fell in love. That's a good thing. <laughs> I fell in love. We dated for a good while, started in high school and through college days there, and finally, and you couldn't get married in Indiana until you were 21 or you had to have your parents sign. And so me and, me and my girlfriend, we were talking about getting married. And it got back to my mom and dad, and they said, who's signing? And uh, we didn't get married then. And uh, so, you know what I felt like doing? I felt like quitting. But then finally, I turned twenty-one, and I gave her a ring, and she said, "I do." Is that what you? No, you say I do when you get married. When you get engaged, you go, "Oh yeah, goody goody, yeah." Or is, is that all you could afford? And uh, but what happened? She put that ring on, and, and oh, so exciting! And then we got married. Oh, how wonderful it was! The one I loved, I got to sp- I get to spend the rest of my life together. And I realized, you know, the bills were like double now because of her with me. And so I'm going to school. Did I tell you I didn't like school? <laughs> and I got married. Did I tell you I loved her? Yes, I still do. And, and, and I worked. And, and then after a year being married, she came and said, guess what? We're going to have a baby. I just wanted to get married. And we had a baby, and Lisa was our baby. And that was most of the time good. And it was a joy. I'm telling you, here I was. I was in school. I was working a full time job. I had a wife. I had bills. And now we have a baby. And they said, You don't have enough credits to graduate yet. You've got to go with a fifth year. I'd go in that bathroom, you've heard me say, I would go to shave. Had one little hair on my chin. I look at that mirror and I remember how many times I go, I quit. Well, I wasn't going to quit my job. I needed it because I had a wife and a baby. I wasn't going to quit my wife or my baby. But I said in my mind, I quit. But I didn't. May I say? I'm glad I didn't. But I thought it. I don't know if I really told it to others. I think I might have said it to you a couple of times. You know, I've gone four years. Let's just quit. But I hate the word quit. First time I preached a sermon when I graduated at a at a, at a, at a church. I preached that sermon and it only lasted a few minutes. I had a stack of notes and then I cried because I had nothing else to say. And I got in the car with my new wife and we're headed back up to northern Indiana. The thought came again. I quit. I can't preach. I looked at her and I said, I can't preach. She looked at me and said, I know. <laughs> she didn't say it out loud, all right, but she was there. But I thought, I can't even preach this message keep the people's attention, I cry because I don't have anything else to say and they don't even understand why I'm crying and I thought came I quit. I became assistant pastor in a church and boy, praise the Lord, was able to serve the Lord, had a good sized youth group and some problems happened at the church and the pastor went haywire and got in kinds of problems. Him and his wife ended up splitting up and they he said You've been disloyal to me. I said, no, sir, I haven't been disloyal to you. I never believed what the rumors were. I believed him. They said, you've been disloyal. Try to get rid of me so that it wouldn't look so bad. He told me, either you have to resign or we're going to fire you. And I remember driving home that night. I was all by myself. I'm driving home. We lived in Turkey Valley. I remember as I'm driving home, I thought came again. I think I'll just quit. It's not worth it. I've given my life to the Lord. I've given my life to serve him. I, 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 I've been faithful. I've been loyal. I just don't understand. I thought I'd quit. Then the Lord called us to Pens- back to Pennsylvania here to start Heritage Baptist Church 40 years ago. I was so excited again. But in 40 years has been problems, too. You know what happened? The thought came again several times. I quit. I didn't tell others. I probably have said it before when I'm preaching about this subject. But the thought came I think I'll just quit. The honeymoon was over, and now folks are getting mad at each other, and folks saying, Well, I'm just not coming. I remember when we moved, we, we voted on moving to our church down to this little building down here. Unanimous decision. Oh, we were so excited. Had 40, 45 people. We came down here in the third week. We were there. We had 18. I remember going home thinking, might as well just quit. All those different situations you just talked about maybe bored you a little bit with. Thank you for listening, though. Thank you for listening to my confession. The thought went through my mind, I quit. But I stand before you here this morning, really 46 years later, saying I didn't quit. And I don't say that to get your amen and get you to think I'm somebody. I tell you and I confess these things because we are flesh. And the thought sometimes comes when it gets difficult. I think I'll just quit. The easy way we think. It's so hard on us. But then I look in the word of God and I find out, you know what? If we think about quitting, and may I say this too, please listen to the whole sermon before you make a judgment. But those who think about it and those who actually do it are really not in that bad of company. I'm not saying it's okay to do that. But you're really not in bad company. And we look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a great man of God. God blessed him in a big way. But when I begin to read in what we read there, the first verse there, in verse number 7, he said, Oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me. I'm thinking, how in the world, man, can you say that to the Lord? I don't believe the Lord ever deceives us. And yet Jeremiah has gotten to this place and Lord, you have deceived me and, and, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. I'd have to say Jeremiah was in a really bad place. It seemed like everybody was against him and even the Lord was against him. You say, he should have never said that. Well, you know what, he probably shouldn't, but it went through his mind. And you know what, if all of our thoughts were brought out, we would all be embarrassed this morning on how sometimes we question God too. When difficulties came. Jeremiah was tired, he was weary. He'd cried his eyes out over the things that were happening. He was so discouraged in his life. He said in verse 8, For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. He said, what I've been doing for you, God, has been like a reproach to me. It's caused me harm. It's caused people to mock me. On the cross of Calvary, and during that perfect life that Jesus lived, they mocked him. I'm glad he didn't quit. He went to the cross of Calvary so he could have eternal life. Jeremiah, he, 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 he thought about how that they, the people treated him and, and the difficulty that he was going through. And then we come to verse number 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. I'm like, Jeremiah, if I didn't know the story, I would be like, I'd want to grab him by the shoulder and say, Jeremiah, stop and think about it. You're talking about the Lord. You're saying I will never speak about him again. How in the world could that happen? And yet many preachers have gotten so discouraged and thought, well, God, why has this problem come? And they thought, I will not speak about you anymore. are out now doing other things rather than preaching the word of God. Jeremiah was about that place. The thought was there. I think I'll quit. The words were there. He said, I, I will not make mention of your name anymore. I think he sometimes thought, "Why, Lord, it's, it's not fair. Lord, I'm trying to do your will. I'm trying to preach this book. and Lord, I just don't understand. I look and everybody's against me. And, 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 and I don't think he was making it up. He was tough. He said, I'm not going to preach about you anymore. But I didn't finish that verse. Look at verse 9. But his word was in mine heart. And as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, I could not stay. Yeah, I'm so glad that we come to that part of the verse. You see, what changed things? What changed things from him wanting to quit things? The word of God. He said the Word was in mine heart. The Word was in my heart. In Psalm 119, 165, I read at my Sunday school lesson this morning, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. He said, preacher, Sometimes I get discouraged, and sometimes it gets so difficult, and sometimes, I mean, I want to come to the place where in my mind I say I quit. I don't even want to say those words out loud, but sometimes I even come out loud. Oh, preacher, what can I do? Do what Jeremiah did. Jeremiah came to that place ready to say I am not doing it anymore. And all of a sudden, but his word was in my heart. You know what keep us from quitting? The word of God. Word of God. You see why it's so important for us all to be in the Bible? That's why it's important for us to be in church and hear the Word of God being preached. You know why? Because it's so tempting sometimes in this whole world that we live in to want to quit. Jeremiah was about to quit. He was tired of the fight. But the Word of God stopped that from happening. I believe what will help us to keep from quitting is to stay in the book. Preacher, I wish... Give, give me a 10-point outline on it. Don't need to give you a 10-point outline. Just stay in the book. Just stay in the book, but I will give you a couple more things about it. I know when I said that, you're thinking, oh, my, he's almost done. No, not yet. There was somebody else in the Bible. Go to Acts chapter number 13 with me, please. Acts chapter number 13. It was a man named John Mark. Uh, John Mark, he grew up in a good home. He was the son of Mary, whose house they had held a prayer meeting in for Peter. Remember, Peter got put in jail. He's in prison, and uh, the Lord set him free. But all the church folks were down at Mary's house, and they were praying. They were there in the room and all praying, Lord, please set Peter free, set Peter free. And all the time while they're praying, God was doing that. And Peter got set free. Remember how they brought him out? Shackles fell off and brought him on out. He's out there, and he goes down to the house where all the folks, church folks, are praying for him. He goes and he knocks on the door, and a little lady comes to the door named Rhoda. To me, seems like one of the most woman that didn't really get it. I think I've said this many times. If you looked up the word doofus in the encyclopedia, her picture would be there. Oh, Rhoda. Ain't nobody named Rhoda in here, is there? If I did, I apologize. I'll change my story. But, uh, but, But Rhoda came to the door, and she looks out, and it's Peter. Why, they'd just been praying for him. And she looks, and it's Peter. Peter goes, it's me. Oh, it's Peter. And she shuts the door, and she runs back in the room. The man just got set out of jail, not by the people who ran the jail. The Lord set him free, so I got a feeling they're looking around. Where's Peter? He's standing on the porch. And Rhoda's in there. She's going, folks, wake up. Hey, folks, wake up. They're praying <laughs> like they were Baptists in there. They said, folks, folks, Peter's at the door. Oh, you're mad, woman. Go on back. And, but no, no, Peter's there. And they ran out there. And there, sure enough, on the porch was Peter. She didn't let him in. That's why I say doofus. She should have thought and let him in. Amen? That's biterology. That's where John Mark grew up in that home. And there, that place, then John Mark went and began to serve the Lord. I think he had a good mom, Mary, there that taught him the right things. He got to spend time with, with others. And, 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 and as the Bible said here, look at verse number 13. I have you in Acts 13. Look at verse number 13. The Bible says, now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, And John, that's John Mark, John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. You know what John Mark did? He quit. He went back home. He went back home. I believe he was young, but he wanted to quit. When I look at John Mark, I think, you know, here he was, he's... he's, I don't know, probably he was fearful. I look up, if you, if you back up in, in, in these verses in Acts 13, you find out that Satan has really been opposing these men on this missionary journey. John Mark is there, he's probably a young fellow thinking, man, I've not been around this stuff before. Why, this was scary to him. Why, what's he going to do? These, there was opposition. There was a sorcerer there. And, 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 and they, they, people were astonished at the doctrine. And they thought, man, these men have come and preached something. We don't like what they preach. They were mad at them. And, and John Mark's probably scared and thinks, you know, I think I'm going home. And he goes back home. He quit. He only thought about it. He did it. But here's something I want to tell you. He didn't, can I say it this way? He didn't stay quit. For the Bible says, and I read to you a couple of verses. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, Articus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, that's John Mark's sister's son, to whom Barnabas, touching whom ye have received commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. Listen to this. In Philemon one twenty four it says, Marcus, Articus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. 2 Timothy 4.11, only Luke is with me, Take Mark, that's John Mark again. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Here here he was, he was a man who, who, I'm sure the thought came in his mind, thinking, I got into this ministry here, I got into this missionary journey, thinking where we're going to go, and we're going to take the gospel to everybody, and people are going to be so excited to hear it, and yet what happened, there was opposition. He's probably thinking, it's not going the way I thought it would be. It's not not happening like I I planned it to be. I am scared. He began to go through thoughts in his mind. I think I'll just quit to the point where he did. And he went home. Fear. But you know what happened? And May I say say this first. There's a lot of things in this Christian life that will make you fear. There will be the opposition. Go soul winning sometime and find out. Preach the Bible and find out. People want to say, I want to tell you something, what you preached. Go ahead and say whatever you want to, but I'll tell you this, I must preach what God says. I found, you know, the thought was everybody loves the preachers. And then truth set in. Now, thank the Lord, I, if you don't love me, you've got me fooled and let me be fooled. But not everybody loves the preachers. I've had folks where I feel, I feel like it was their calling just to run me down and just be so condemning. And to be honest, the thought comes, I just give up. Do you know what? I am not doing it so for the approval of man. I serve God for the approval of God. You say, preacher, you should. So should every one of us. We ought not come you say, but preacher, sometimes I think it all right, get that thought out of your mind. Don't go the next step. But I'll have to say this, we probably all from time to time have difficulties. But let the word of God sink in. And then you say, Well, what is it about John Mark? He had good teaching to fall back on. I believe he had a mama who said to him, I can't prove it out of the Bible here, but I think this, his mama said, Son you know you can't turn your back on the Lord I believe he had Sunday school teachers and he had those men that he traveled with that preached the word of God how many times he sat there and he listened to Paul and Barnabas preach after he quit he started feeling guilty about it and rightfully you should when you quit and he remembered what he'd been taught I look back at the times I've thought about quitting and thought about things my mom taught me. I thought about things my Sunday school teachers taught me. i tell you what, how important Sunday school teachers are. How important. Sunday school teachers understand the importance you play in the life of boys and girls as you teach them things that will last in their life for the rest of their life. Things that, I, that, that, that have been instilled in me when I was a kid. I look back and I think of those I think of the sermons that I've heard and my preacher preaching to me what keeps me from quitting the word of God but also all those teachers that invested in me those parents that loved me grandparents who invested in me and I look and I say how can I quit how can I quit Jeremiah dealt with it John Mark did And there was another man that I'll tell you about, and his name was Peter. Oh, Peter was different, wasn't he? And he was one guy, he's ready to jump. I mean, he was ready to do everything he could before he can figure out how to do it. But I like his spunk. I like the fact that he was willing to do something. And he was excited and wanted to follow the Lord. I mean, think about it. He dropped everything and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he was always there when he said about what what was going to happen. Jesus said what was going to happen. He said, oh, no, we're not going to let that happen. I understand God's will was there. But he was like, I'm going to stand with you, Lord. I'm not going to deny you. But he did. But I think he really meant well and didn't want to. But he denied the Lord. John chapter 21. Let's go there real quick. John chapter number 21. Look at verse 1. I'll read a few verses to you. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Pretty good company there. Simon Peter saith unto them, Here it is. I go fishing. Now, remember, what was he doing before he got saved? He was in the fishing business. You know what he was saying? I quit. I quit. I'm going back fishing again. Man, I really messed up. I I, I denied the Lord. I cursed. I swore. I mean, they came and they took Jesus. They crucified him. I had walked away from everything to serve him. And look what I've done. And look what's happened. they killed him on the cross of Calvary. He said, I quit. I go fishing. Here's what's sad. Even more so. Or I guess just as bad. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Peter said, I quit. I'm going fishing. And the other of this verse number two of all those names said we'll go with you ladies and gentlemen when you moms and dads think about this when you decide to quit your kids are going to end up quitting too amen they say well you know i've been mistreated just 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 take it and keep going don't stop Preachers gotten out of the ministry because somebody mistreated their children. You just you don't like it, you don't want it, but you cannot quit. You must go on. You must keep serving the Lord. And it was Peter. He said, I go fishing. Everyone else said, hey, I'll go with you. And off they went to fishing. They fished there that night, nothing. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. And then something happened. Verse 4, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. They didn't know it was him. Then said, then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. You know what I like about these guys? They did what he said. They cast their four, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Remember, they had fished all night and caught nothing. But the Lord showed up. Verse 7, therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, that was John, saith unto Peter, it's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, two hundred cubits dragging the nets with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, Fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Verse 11, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Can you imagine how quiet it was? Why they just all quit. They had just quit on the Lord. Now the Lord has showed up. He said, Cast your net out that side there. And they did, and God blessed them, didn't they? Who, Who did he bless? He blessed those men who were just quitting on the Lord. Verse 13, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter. Here's the guy who started it all. The guy who quit first off. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? The Lord asked him a question. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do, do, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, I do. Lord, and I read it, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. And the Lord asked him a second time. And then he asked him a third time. In verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. And then Jesus said this, saith unto him, feed my sheep. You know what the Lord was saying? Quit quitting. Stop your quitting and get back out here with us now was peter writing quitting no but peter was writing getting back in the game getting back in the service of the lord so jeremiah why are you quitting well i've just i'm just i just had enough oh but the word of god was in my heart john mark you quit why are you back? He says, because I remember the things my mama taught me and my teachers taught me, my preachers taught me, my friends taught me. and I, I remember the things about the Lord and I'm back at it again. Peter, what are you doing? Why well, it's time for me to go preach. Why, well, we're at Pentecost. Yes, and I've been called to preach. And he gets up and he preaches a great message at Pentecost where thousands of people got saved. Why? Who was this man? He was the man who quit one day, but he got back at it again. made him change his mind? Love us about me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? You know that this morning what we need to do? Remember the word of God, remember those things we've been taught, but then we need to ask ourselves the question Do I really love the Lord? And if you will, let me pose the question to you. Do you love the Lord? And if you do, you can't quit. You can't quit. Lord, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. If you love me, don't quit. If you love me, don't give up. If you love me, don't throw in the towel. Yeah, but you don't understand. (laughs) People make fun of us preaching. Preaching. Jeremiah said, you don't understand. Everybody hates me. God, it seems like you've deceived me. He didn't. It seemed that way because things weren't going according to his plans. This morning, let's love God enough that we will never give up and never quit. Say, preacher, what should I do? Answer the question. Lovest thou me more than these? And then listen to what he says Feed my sheep. Now, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure exactly why God wants me to preach this message. Maybe the thoughts come in your mind. I don't know what problems you may have been going through, and you think, you know what, I can't do it anymore. I think i just quit. Be going to church, be going to Sunday school, been going to all different things, but I just feel like, you know, I just, what's the use? And you feel like you want to quit. Think of those three examples there. Three good examples not to quit. And then may I say this, if you have quit, evidently you're in church this morning, that's good, but there's things in your life you've quit. Start doing them again. Amen. Let's get off of that thing of, of our reasons. And say, Lord, I feel like sometimes quitting and giving up but the word of God burns in my heart and I've been taught better than that and Lord I love you I cannot quit this morning I have to say yeah there's been times I've thought about it I haven't thought about that in a long time and I don't want to think about it again I'm glad I didn't let it go through and quit, ladies and gentlemen. That's for a preacher, but that's for every one of us. There's going to be heartaches, going to be troubles, going to be difficulties in your life, and you're going to feel like, "Well, I might as well just quit." Never give up. Never quit. I'll preach on compromise again sometime, but let us get it stuck in our heads right now. Do not quit. You know, the wonderful thing about it is the Lord never quit loving Jeremiah. The Lord never quit loving Peter or John Mark. He was there for him all the time. And God will never quit loving you. He'll never quit being at your side. He's there. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He never quits. So This morning, I believe this. If we're not right with God in some area of our life, if we'll come back to that, God's there with his open arms and saying, welcome back. But sheep. come on, let's get busy again. Let's not lay things aside. Let's keep on, Keep it on. I remember my brother when I was, we first started the church, he'd write me letters. He would send me his tithe to our church. I wish he'd do that again. He'd send his tithe out here to church. And he'd always write a little letter and he always wrote, ended the letter with saying this, "Keep on, keep it on. That's what we've got to do. Lord's good, isn't he? Don't quit. Let's pray. Father, pray that you speak to our hearts right now. My Lord, there may be somebody here this morning that's not even sure of salvation. They've never even started. I pray you save them. And Lord, I pray for God's people this morning who sometimes the thought goes through the mind when the difficulties come and the troubles come and things they don't quite understand they ready to say, I quit. Oh, maybe something else of more importance came, something they love more than, uh, I hate to say this, but you even. Lord, help us not quit. Speak to our hearts this morning our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning, you're not sure of salvation. Why don't you trust Christ today? I wonder if there'd be anyone here right now say, Preacher, if I died, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Christian, this morning, he said, Preacher, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven, but has the thought gone through your mind? I quit. Has it maybe even some areas of your life, you're in church this morning, but some areas you've quit. You know what? Get back to it again. You say, but I quit. I failed. God doesn't want me. Oh, yes, he does. That's why he went to Peter and those disciples. He showed up there where they were back at the job they had before they ever followed the Lord. And he was able to use them. Amazing. I, I think of that story with Peter. how he got up and preached that great sermon and thousands of people got saved. A man who had quit, but he got right. He got back in the ministry. God speaks to your heart. Maybe you say, Preacher, I've not really had that problem. Then ask God to help you stay that way. We'll decide today, young folks will decide today, I will not compromise. I will not quit. Father, bless the invitation now. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Should